We're holding um, in the second, now we're going to be bringing a second uh, example of this idea in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the old version of the text, which I sent out to you we're on the top of page Chav Aleph. And in the new version, we are the second line down into page Chav Tes. And we brought a first example uh, of how it is that we could say that the that the whole world is really dependent, right? Even the physical world is dependent on both the, we have both the physical and the spiritual and everything, and it's dependent upon the spiritual. And we bring, brought an example from a, an animal and a human being, that the example that we brought was that the soul goes into the animal or the human being, and then that soul that goes into the animal of the human being, right, that is what gives the, particular person or animal is life. Hold on one second, let me just uh, um, shut the door a second. One second. So the example that we gave was that the soul goes into the body and when the soul goes into the body, the soul animates the body. Then we went from there to the point of saying, well, if that's the case, uh, what does that have to do with the physical? So it animates the physical, but it doesn't make the physical exist or not exist. And then we came back with the idea that in fact, the uh, physical, right, the physical body is also getting its life force, even though it has its own, even though it has its own, um, it has its own source in terms of the spiritual worlds. Nevertheless, the soul is acting as a pipeline to bring that spiritual energy into the body. And by bringing that spiritual energy into the body, that's what keeps the body uh, in existence. That's why when a person passes away, the body doesn't disappear right away. What happens is that over the course of time, the body returns to dust. That was as far as we got. Let's start from the top of the next, uh, next page. So he says like this, We also have the similar quality with regards to tzomeach, with regards to the vegetable kingdom, so to speak. There is a nefesh of the vegetable, right? Hamachaye osa, which is giving it his life. Bechein bedaimim, and also, in fact, we have the same thing also in the inanimate world. Yesh bochayis machayim makayim oso, that there is a chayis, which is machayet makayimet, shaloyis batal yeshuso velo yachzor lios ayin veephes, that it shouldn't go back to being absolute nothing. Now, it's interesting because here, we're, we're saying something a little bit different. We changed the uh, example in that before when we were talking about the example, we were discussing the idea of how the body, when the highest starts to leave the body, what happens is that the body goes into the state of dust, right? So what we were saying is that it's leaving the state of being a human being and it's going into being the state of an inanimate object. Over here, however, we're saying something a little bit different because now we're talking about even the inanimate object. First we talk about, we mentioned the, uh, the vegetation and then we bring the inanimate object. But here what we're saying is that not that the inanimate object changes itself and goes into a different being, but here what we're saying is that the inanimate object is able to, the inanimate object is without that highest that's going into it will turn into absolute zero. Right? In other words, the point being back to what we had discussed in Shari Yuchad that the idea is that the 
that the words of Hashem, the letters of Hashem, are going into the world and making them exist, bringing them into being from absolute nothingness to somethingness. So we change, so you just have to see that little uh, shift in focus in the mashal. Yeah? Now, based on all of this that we've discussed in all of the different examples of a human being, an animal, vegetation, and inanimate, we now come to the conclusion, yeah, and the conclusion is that the conclusion is that the ruchnis and the chayis, eloki, is called chayim and tov. It's called life, bichlal, and it's good. That that's the thing that remains alive, that stays alive. And not only does it stay alive, but it stays alive forever. So in other words, what we're saying here is that this is the, the energy that's going into whatever there is in the physical world. Whether we're looking at a human being on the one example, or we're looking at a speck of dust on the other example, that chayis is what is making it be. That highest is what is making it be. And if, for whatever reason, the inanimate or the physical or the human being or whoever it is winds up going away, that does not take away from the energy, which is an interesting idea because like it says in, it talks about even in, in more modern science, the idea of how uh, right, energy never disappears. It just changes its form, right? Like we have the example of... Uh, um, you know, we have different examples of that, actually. Now, what's the opposite of this? The gashmi nikra mavasvera. The gashmi, the physical thing, is called death, on the one hand, and evil. Why? Because... When the, ener- the spiritual energy disappears, now, other, either number one point, that when the soul goes away from it, then it will change its particular character type. So in other words, when the soul leaves the human being, then the body will no longer really be a human being. Now it will become an inanimate object. right? Or when the soul leaves, like the example that we gave uh, yesterday, whatever it was, the idea of the deer the deer that's hit by a car in the middle of the road. When the deer is hit by the car in the middle of the road, what winds up happening is that it loses its status of being a deer and it becomes, it becomes a rock. That's basically what's going on over there. So point number one is, And we see, therefore, that there is no kiyum. There is no, uh, so to speak, keeping it in existence, mitzad itself. So it's not that it is reliant on itself to remain a human being, to remain a deer, or even, even to the lowest common denominator, to remain a rock. Now, he, interestingly enough, he does not bring the second part of the example here. The first part of the example he brings. In other words, when the soul leaves it, it deteriorates from its present state of whatever, uh, whatever, you know, whatever grouping it what found itself in, whether we're talking about a human or an animal. What it doesn't mention here in this line is the ultimate point, which is that, in fact, that if the letters of Hashem would disappear from, from 
the entity, whatever it is, the rock, the human, the tree, whatever it is. So then it would go up, be, uh, return to being absolute nothingness. That it doesn't mention. But that's the direction that he's going in. Then he says, Now remember this phrase. This phrase is from Eiv. And it literally means, From my flesh I will see God. That is, just like we said before, that there is a trigger, right? Or we call it a neon sign that we mentioned earlier in the paragraph that we talked about, right? But that, right? There are certain lines that are brought to bring out a meditation that is discussed in different places in Hasidus. This mimer happens to discuss these in great length. But that line, Misari Echsa is one of those neon signs that it's coming to say, okay, here we go. Now, by looking at my body, I will then use the body as a muscle to understand Hashem. And by understanding Hashem in that way, that will bring me to a greater uh, longing, love for Hashem. And that's what he says there. Misari Echsa Right? Now, when a person looks at himself, he doesn't think of himself as being his toes, or he thinks of himself as being his fingers, or being his elbow, or being his nose, or whatever. He thinks of himself as being this spiritual energy. There's some sort of consciousness that is that he calls me, right? Or the I, or whatever you want to call it. That that is a spiritual entity. He doesn't look at himself, I am my kidney. It's not that my kidney is not part of me, but Baruch Hashem, my kidney is part of me. But it's the spiritual consciousness that is how he identifies himself, right? So that's what he's saying here. So we're back to a muscle here, right? Just like, so now he's, he's shifting a little bit because before we were just talking about it from, uh, you know, you could almost talk about it like from a scientific point of view, Right? We weren't talking about look at look at myself. We're saying let's look outwards from me. Let's look at the human being. Let's look at the deer. Let's look at the tree. Let's look at that when I uproot a tree over the course of time, the tree is going to disintegrate. It's no longer going to be a living uh, vegetable, right, or vegetation. It's now going to be an inanimate object. So we're looking at it outward. Over here, the muscle changes. The muscle now is let me look at myself. And even while I'm alive myself, so we're trying to make it stronger, this idea, that even while I'm alive myself, I can recognize in myself that there is a spiritual entity and there's a physical entity in me, right? I recognize that Baruch Hashem, my physical and my spiritual are totally interlinked, totally enmeshed. And therefore, when I have a will to like raise my arm, I raise my arm. Right? When I move my whatever, move my arm, move my hands, move my toes, move everything's interlocked. But I don't think of myself as being my toes. I don't think of myself as being my fingers or my hands or whatever. I recognize that there's a spiritual being. So now I'm looking at it from a different point of view. And then he says, And not just that that's part of my whole being, but that is my highest. That's who I am. That is my consciousness. That is not something physical. So now he's wanting us to look at it from, from a personal point of view. Don't look at the deer outside. Don't look at the human being that's passed away, you know, that's sitting in the morgue somewhere else. Look at it from myself. If my chayis or my conscious 
is a spiritual entity. Imagine what's going to happen when my spiritual entity will leave my body. Right? There's many near-death experience stories. I don't know if you ever follow any of these stories. Very fascinating stories of human beings that, right, that they apparently pass away for a certain period of time. And even before they have the whole story about, you know, most of them correspond to an idea of like a white light and a whatever, um, you know, that they experience. Most of the near-death experience stories that people talk about is an experience of how they feel themselves hovering above the body. That they're able to look down upon the body, they're able to see everything that's going on, right? Even to the extent that I remember reading in one of these books, uh, wherever it was, um, that that the person started. What happens is they apparently they start by going up to the ceiling of the room, and then they're able to go beyond that, and like the, they hover, 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 going all the way up higher and higher and higher. That one person had recognized that there was an old pair of sneakers on the roof of the or on, the, on one of the, you know, I don't know, I guess it was a roof on the apartment building next to it, you know, wherever he was. And so they, they couldn't believe it. He was telling over the story. So they went up there and they, and, he had, and they went up and they saw there was an old pair of sneakers up there. Like they couldn't see it from the street. You had to like go up into the building. I mean, they're fascinating stories like this, always. So what he's saying here is that by, we could also use our imagination in a certain way to recognize that that is the truth even while I'm alive. That it's not my physical being that is the me here it's my spiritual it's my soul that is the me here that is causing me to do this and therefore once my soul or the me or my consciousness or whatever you want to call it my identity i guess you could even say will leave this body that is acting like a um you know a vessel for it or acting like a, almost like a clothing for it, just like when we take off our clothing. We, you know, if you take off your shirt, you could drop it onto the chair, drop it onto the floor. The shirt is just, you know, there it is. It's just, it's no longer a part of the action, so to speak. It's no longer walking around with me. It's just, you know, a bunch of cloth that's sitting on the floor, right? In the same way, what he's trying to get us to visualize in our own mind, because remember, the, the Rebbe here is really taking us in a step-by-step process through a meditation that we could do before we're davening to recognize that in fact that when the soul will leave the body, right, that the body is going to be left behind as some encasing that is going to stay there as an a inanimate object that is not moving and then obviously based on everything that we've seen in the world over the course of time, it will also uh, it will also deteriorate. It will also uh, wind up going down into a state of dust. Kala benifsad, it will just you know disappear. Now, based on the idea of the muscle of the human being, now let's go and abstract. You know, let's let's use that and 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 you know abstract that point and bring it out to all the worlds. That's the way it is in everything. That in everything that we see in the world, there is this uh, two-way points of view, these two, these two energies that are working with each other of number one, the spiritual, and number one, the physical in everything. I, you're going to say that you don't see it in Achinami. I don't see it on, on, when I look at you or you look at me, you, we don't see the spiritual either. 
we see an animated thing, but the truth is you could see an animated thing. Nowadays, it's not such a far-fetched concept to see an animated thing, right? You look at a drone running, you know, flying around. You look at a robot walking around. You look at, right, those are animated too, right? So just because they are not alive per se, but nevertheless, you see that the animation is not the only answer to this whole thing. And therefore, thereby being that really everything that we see has this spiritual energy and this physicality, right? So he says like this, It's coming just from the that's going into them. And if the chayis would go away, so then the whole entity itself would become going, to, especially if we're looking at an inanimate object, not only, right, will it be like a state of, for example, the animal, the, the deer, that it will no longer be a deer, but it'll become an inanimate object. But we're now taking it to the next step, which is really, in fact, that in addition to this chayis that's going into the particular animal, there's also a kiyum, there's a hishavus, there's an energy that's going into this inanimate object, to this vegetable, to this deer, to this human being, to this whoever, which is giving it its chayis, which is giving its kiyum even. So it's giving it its upkeep. And therefore, if that energy would also disappear, then the object would just cease to be and it would be as though it never was. For example, this mouse that I have, that if the chayes eloki would disappear from this mouse, that even though, yes, it's an inanimate object, it's not animated, it doesn't have, a, so to speak, a soul to it, like a human soul to it, but it does have a chayes in it. It does have some sort of spiritual entity that's going into it. And if that spiritual entity would leave this mouse, so then I would be holding nothing. And it would be as though I never had it in the first place. That's the way it would be. So that's the, that's the muscle for this whole story and the nimshal, right? That we're talking about now, we're talking about in terms of looking at ourselves, that we could recognize it in ourselves in the same way we have to see that that's the way it is in everything in the world, right? Now, where are we going with this? we're continually walking on a pathway that we're going to get to when we get to the next page, that we're based on the emis. So now we see that really there's a chayis to the world, a life to the world, and there's a death to the world. And the question is, what are we going to put the emphasis on? Are we going to put the emphasis on the life of the world or the death of the world? Right? That's, that's where we're going with this whole story. Good. All right, so we started a little bit late today, but uh, I think uh, we're at the end of this paragraph. So instead of starting the new, next paragraph, we'll stop here for today. And Amit Hashem uh, will continue, God willing, tomorrow. I'll put the, um, the shear up online, Amit Hashem, later today. Okay? And hopefully the Zoom will be fixed by... Uh,